Wanted to make sure we got a little uh, Friday night light. Pick them preview there for you, especially since the herd's playing. Good luck to Huff's herd down there in Denton, Texas. Four gamer here for you. We'll be back uh, dropping it later tonight with the rest of the Saturday slate, the nooners all the way through to the night games there out west. But you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, fill style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things about the Friday night contest here in college football here on the porch. Friday night, CJ. Friday night lights. Let's get after it, my friend. I want to go ahead first off and talk about the Clemson-Syracuse game, although I'm going to be watching another game Friday. Uh, but let's let's talk about the Battle of the Orange on Friday. Clemson, Tiger Paul, that nation there down there in Clemson, a little restless. They host your boy Dino Babers in Syracuse. Uh, it's in the dome. Clemson is a thirteen and a half point favorite, my friend. What do you think about that? Oh, um, yeah that that seems like an awful big line for a Clemson team that's not been offensively competent. Um, yeah, I mean defensively they've still been pretty decent. I, I think defensively, I think they might be starting to get a little worn out too. Um, I. I like Clemson to win this thing, but I would take Syracuse to cover that 13 and a half. Man, I think you're right, CJ, because, I mean, I sit here and I look at it, and granted they lost to Florida State, Syracuse did, and then they lost an OT, a tough one to Wake. But they beat your boys in Liberty, which is a good team. They scored a lot. I mean, they didn't have a great game versus Rutgers, obviously. Uh, but they at least score some points on offense. Um, Schrader, since he's coming out at quarterback, kind of has given them at least the ability to run the ball as well. And, and who would have thought in this game that we would have said the Syracuse quarterback, Garrett Schrader, would be the one that we would fear more as a dual threat option than than our boy DJ U- Ugelaya, who was a Heisman Trophy candidate, dark horse in some circles before the season. What happened to him this year, CJ? I, you know, I'm not really sure. I, Is it O-line? Well, I think it's some of it's O-line. Um, and then I think you also have to look at it, too. And, and some of, I've heard some other people make this this comment, and I think Herb Street was the one to make it, is you lose a guy like Travis Etienne. And so I think I mean, it's tough, it's tough to replace guys like Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, CJ. True. So, I, mean, and, so, I think we should have saying. expected a little bit of a drop-off, right? Here's something yeah, else think to think about. Yeah, I think there definitely should have been Dino or not Dino. Dabo's done a really good job in recruiting and getting guys in, but I don't think he's quite at that Nick Saban Kirby smart level where it's reload. I give you nice uniforms. I can't give you guts, and I can't give you heart. And tonight, hey, it was BYOG. Bring your own guts. I don't know if I agree with that, CJ. I mean, I he's done a he's pretty quite- damn good job. This is the one time. And he lost to Georgia, who a lot of people feel is the most complete and elite team in the country and by far been the best game they've gotten. Um, They haven't found it on offense, but, I mean, who's to say they won't eventually this season still figure it out? And I think Dabo is at that level with Clemson. I don't want to say it, but I think it's only fair to to say that it is true because 
I mean, they've been special lately, man. So I think they are at that level. It's just yeah. not been a great season. And the well, thing about and I mean, they're three and two. They could easily turn it back around. Had they not lost in Raleigh and OT, they'd probably still be in the top ten. Yeah, no, that's probably a very uh, a very true statement. Like I said, it's just and it, and it's tough too when you go replacing a guy. I think if and you'd have to really look at the numbers, but when you go back and you replace a guy who's arguably not even debated the number one overall quarterback prospect, what the next year looks like. Like Stanford had a drop off when luck left. Like sometimes you, you have that. Um, and I think Clemson's kind of experienced in that this year too. So, and, and the other thing, there's a stat here. I just saw that jumped off at me looking at the spreads. Clemson is and five against the yep. spread this year. Syracuse is five and one. What that tells me, CJ, is that we probably you're either going to be I don't know, man. It almost feels like that's a trend that, that doesn't continue eventually. Yeah, you got to feel like that's that's something that eventually does break the other way. But it's hard to go against it this season, right? I mean, who knows if Clemson even scores thirteen points? They could win thirteen nothing against Syracuse potentially. Although I think the Qs will score points on them. Yeah, I think Syracuse is going to get some points. Um, you know, like you said, you know, Schrader gives them kind of a little bit of a dual threat, gives them a dual threat option, which has worked out well for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Clemson's going to score some points here. Uh, Syracuse will score some points. It, it, it's not going to light the scoreboard up. Um, hey, speaking of lighting the scoreboard up, CJ, the total in this game is 44 in the hook. I kind of want to bang that over. Yeah, I'm with you because I mean, even if you hold it to just Clemson's, you're going to be right there because they're giving they're scoring 21, giving up 12. So I mean, you're in that ballpark. Um, you know, I, I feel like this game's probably going to end up like 28-24 with somebody in orange winning. Yeah, with somebody in orange winning. Um, like I said, I, I like Clemson to win it, but I definitely would take Syracuse plus the 13 and a half. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think – I don't – yeah, I think you're right, CJ, on that. But that's kind of one thing that does concern me because everyone's going to be on Syracuse. Why does that feel that way? What do they know out there in the desert that we don't um, and gets Clemson that 14-point win against Syracuse? Just some shenanigans might even happen. Let's talk about the battle of the Kelly Green, the mean green of North Texas hosting – you were Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh- uh, interesting game, CJ. I'll tell you this right now. It's going to be 7 o'clock, so it's going to be going up against the Clemson-Syracuse game on CBS Sports Network. Um, what do you think, man? Battle the Kelly Green. Yeah, this this one ought to be interesting. Um, you know, Marshall comes out, gets an OT win against Old Dominion, um, kind of gets rights their ship after three losses. Hey, um, CJ, here's what I will tell you about that. And I that's in, and I, I have to say this because it's coming from somebody who didn't watch the Marshall game last week, and I think that's only fair to say. From the outside perspective, the ship is somewhat right. Right, you got to win. You're three and three. You've won now three. You've now won a game after losing three in a row. But the way they did it was kind of miraculous. And it was not a good game by the Hurt. If they play like that again on Friday night in North Texas, 
they will come away and be stomped by Austin on in that uh in that green in that mean green team. Yeah, I mean, because uh, North Texas, you know, is a team that you know they they can score points in bunches. Um, it, it's kind of amazing they're averaging over four hundred yards a game offensively, but only averaging twenty two points. Like it, that's kind of funky, and a lot of that has to come with. I mean, you only scored six against UAB, but um, you know, lost, lost in a twenty four seventeen game to the Fighting Austin Kindles down there yeah. in Ruston, La Tech. You, you know, you got to Missouri and you fight with them. I mean, you end up losing by thirteen. Um, and and you a make bad you, Missouri defense, though. Let's go ahead. And yeah, say oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It is. It is a very bad Missouri defense. But I mean, you know, you go out there and you put out, you know. 35 and you're fighting in that thing you know so yeah. I mean, and you're probably right and like i said i you know i didn't care like maybe a little bit of positive in the locker room because they had three oh. really tough losses and it's there's a like, hundred right, we got one that was yeah. that probably shouldn't have been exactly and i think you're right about a couple that. that you feel like should have been like app state should have been a win yes so as should, you're feeling should, like, as should have east carolina yeah so you're kind of feeling like maybe okay all right we we figured out this now can now does it catapult your season or is it one of those one offs where this is just the season where the ball bounces the other way on you? It, well, I mean, Willie Johnson read, readjusting to that heave that was underthrown by Wells to come down with it thirteen thirteen. He got it to overtime. ODU played the game at their pace. One of the first times in the Huff era, it's not been played at a quick quick pace, and it allowed the defense to make plays at the end of the game. Um, because I think the Marshall defense is pretty good against Conference USA competition, um, but but the question the question in lies though, what team are you going to get? Because if you get that ODU team again, they're going to be um, lucky to be on the field. I don't know how Marshall's an eleven point favorite versus anybody right now, CJ, and I and I hate to say that, but I could obviously and I believe the herd will win the game. I hope so, but I also I just it's it's tough for me to totally back them, I and this eleven points feels a little bit. Little, little off to me. Yeah, and it's tough because I mean, ODU didn't do anything through the air, uh, but I mean, they absolutely just—I mean, they got whatever they wanted in the ground game. And what's what's really kind of funky is—is is, uh, you're looking at you know, Grant Wells throws it 46 times. He's under 300 yards, but it, it's the two picks again. It, it, it's the turnover bug for him right now. That's I think got to have Marshall fans scratching their heads a little. You had that in with the 12 penalties. And they ran it 50 times, CJ, for 208. I mean, it's just the continual pounding of the run game. And Marshall didn't run the ball very well um, on on Saturday there against ODU. But like you said, survive an advanced game. I think they can do quite the same. I don't think they're a team that's going to that's gonna win this game by 11 on Friday. Although, it, it would be a typical Marshall-type thing. If they get the offense rolling and they don't turn it over, North Texas is not necessarily the strongest defense in the country, um, they give up a lot of yards on the ground. Rasheen Ali could have a day, uh, and and maybe that kind of gets Grant Wells a little more comfortable back there. Doesn't make those mistakes, and Marshall's able to kind of kind of ground it out and keep Austin on off the field. But man, North Texas does have some offensive balance for sure, and Marshall's going yeah, to be if, ready for it. And, and if you're and if you're a Marshall fan, uh, looking at the way the conference standing set up, you're one and one in the conference. FAU ahead of you and Charlotte ahead of you, both which you still have left on your schedule. You still have a shot at winning the East. So does that make Friday a must win or Saturday a must win? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a must win 
Although two losses still might get you a chance, although Charlotte's going to be tough. Chris Reynolds at quarterback for them has been sensational, and Marshall would have to go down there and beat them. Um, two losses might make it make it real tough, but if you if you lose to the two right teams here, maybe you have tiebreakers because I don't think Middle's going to go anywhere. Marshall handed them that game. If you lost to a team in the West, but then again, here's the problem and why it is a must win because Northern North Texas is zero and two in the West. They're they're one and four overall you should just beat that team because you should be better than that team let's hope that's the case for Marshall on a Friday night CJ I I do think that they probably are more talented and Marshall's played some talented teams and I think that's why some of the numbers defensively are skewed against them right now yeah I'm with you I I like Marshall to win the game but um, I would take North Texas plus the 11 yeah I I think North Texas is just a that North Texas is just a little too good at home on a Friday night might have a pretty decent little crowd um, for 11 points. Just feels a little much. Uh, and honestly, CJ, the total in this game is one I wouldn't want to touch at all. I don't feel confident one way or the other. 66 and a half feels just about right on the nose. Uh, if you lean anything, maybe lean an under, but I don't think I'm taking it like I did against ODU. Yeah, I, that one gives me a little pause. If if I did, if if I would, I would take the under simply just because I think the hook is what might get you. Oh, I, I'd agree. I'd agree with you on that, CJ. The hook always does get you the other side. You maybe buy it down. And interesting, you talked about how you know how this is a must win for the herd. In certain respects, it, it is as well because you got to get some momentum going here in a hurry with North Texas and FIU, the fighting Butch Davis has come. Marshall had 15 days off in between games, CJ, by the way. Um, Before then, they go down to Boca to take on the fighting Willie Taggarts and FAU uh, in November. Then you have a home game with UAB. Zach's Dragon Blazers come for a 330 kick. That's a tough game, not one that you want to, you know, have to win to have to represent the East. Then you go to Charlotte. And then the the moonshine throwdown, the game with WKU, which always seems to be interesting. So Marshall doesn't have any gimmies left. And I think Huff at this point in time, man, you got to get these couple here because making a bowl game in your first year would, would definitely go a long way toward earning a lot of uh, goodwill with the fan base. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, and I agree with you. Because um, you look at the way their schedule goes, I mean, you got to feel like if you get this one, you get the, the 15 days off. Yeah, I mean, if you can be five and three headed – down to FAU, you got to be feeling kind of good about where you are as a football team. Yeah, exactly, CJ. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And that'll conclude our herd talk. Let's play some Thunderstruck. DJ, if you ever played Thunder, man, one of the best games, drinking games there is out there, buddy. Um, and I don't think anybody who's in any fan base can deny that's a really cool thing the herd does down there. So, CJ, let's get to the other uh, Friday night games. 1030 contest, Cal at Oregon. Uh, the Ducks, number nine in the country, at Alston playing a Friday night game. Uh, they're a 13 and a half point favorite. And then another ranked team actually as well, CJ, San Diego State goes to San Jose State, the Spartans. And you said, and I did say Jose, that used to be the thing because you didn't want to touch them. They're a little more interesting now. But the Aztecs, uh, 24th in the country, 5-0, and 
maybe a fraudish ranking, but still ranked. And I think deserving, deserving in some respects. I mean, maybe the schedule hasn't been great, but they're a nine point favorite. So a couple big ranked favorites. What do you see in those games? Um, I, I love, I, I love Oregon, um, uh, plus minus or minus the 13 and a half. Um, I just, Cal's not showing me anything. I mean, they can't stop anybody. <clears throat> um, you know, Oregon's offense has been really good. I don't expect that to change for them. Um, yeah, I know they had the tough loss at Stanford, but I I, I would expect they'd, you know, be rip-roaring and ready to go um, with something to prove. Um, so give me Oregon simply just because I don't trust Cal. And in the other one, I watched a lot of the San Jose State uh, Colorado State game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one surprised me a little bit. Um, Colorado State, you know, played very well. I don't think San Jose State played their best game. Um, this one almost kind of feels like I'm, I'm leaning towards the Spartans plus the nine simply just because I'm with you. I'm not really sure what to make of San Diego State yet. Yeah, and I think it's fair just because New Mexico is not great, Townsend, Utah in disarray. So, I mean, winning that game, yes, give them a lot of credit for beating Utah, but Charlie Brewer walked out the door the next day. Um, and that was your leader of your team, so not a bot in Utah squad. And then beating Arizona this year, I guess impressive, but still Arizona's not good by any means, and it was early. Uh, so I'm with you, CJ. I think San Jose State's an interesting play for sure. I think they have the better quarterback, although I do think, man, the key to the game is old Greg Bell there for, uh, for the, for the Aztecs is absolute wrecking ball. Um, I mean, he averages damn near 111 yards a game versus conference opponents. And, uh, I mean, they, they feed it to him early and often and San Jose State's kind of susceptible to the run, uh, they give up 141.3 yards a game on the ground. So that's not a great sign versus a team that can run the football like San Diego State can. And then also you got to think about this too. They're going to make Starkle one-dimensional because that defense uh, does not allow rushing yards. Although, granted, like we said, some of it's eight versus schedule, but you're giving up 50 a game on the ground, CJ. You're pretty damn elite. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely, I mean, yeah, and I, I can understand what you're saying about, you know, the schedule in front of you, but you still got to go out there and, and do that. And that's, you know, that that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, Absolutely. And I'll say this, I think the 9-9 nine nine may be a good idea to go, and like you said, take the plus 9 with San Jose State. But the total of 41, I'll be quite honest, CJ, I feel like that might be a uh, – a steal to get that over. Maybe San Diego State wins this thing like 30 to 17 type deal. Maybe, maybe 30 20. You know what I mean? San Jose State might have a couple points in them. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, I feel like that total is a, is a steal at 41 right now. I would, to me, I, that's one I'd get in before that number moves up a little bit. Friday night winners potentially, I think, here. Friday night could be a good night. I like the card the way it's looking on Friday. And I'll say this too. Real quick thought on the Oregon game, CJ, uh, before we move on to the Nooners. Big bounce-back spot for Oregon. I'm totally in agreement with you. Really bad this year. I love Papa Wilcox. Uh, the 
you know, the the leader of all the Smurfs there. If if you know the cartoon, you know what we're talking about with Wilcox. Um, but I think he's going to get demolished by Oregon. I think they're really going to be motivated and kind of ticked off. They've had a long time to sit and stew after that loss to Stanford. They're at home Friday night. Things are going to get wild in Eugene afterward. They're going to put it on them. I think 13 the hook is a steal for the Ducks. Yep. So let- Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, 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 money,